before we start the episode, just want to say if you go to popularfront.shop, you will see that we've started a mutual aid coronavirus raffle to basically help the homeless because there's very few provisions for the homeless. And these are times when people like that really need looking after, I think. So we've started this raffle. 100% of the money will go to three charities, three homeless charities. If you go to popularfront.shop, you'll see the raffle thing there. You can enter for £5. You'll see the charities it's going to. And you'll see all of this stuff you can win if your name is drawn out the hat after a month of this raffle going on. Already we've raised over £2,000, so thank you very much. But yeah, go to popularfront.shop. You'll see the raffle there. This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the very niche and kind of geeky details of modern warfare with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to Daniel De Simone. He's a journalist covering the far right in the UK and specifically today he's going to be speaking to us about the Order of Nine Angles, which is a militant occultist neo-Nazi group that started here in the UK, was very small and is now spreading all over the world into the facets of the far right. Daniel is, in my opinion, probably the best journalist in the UK covering the far right. He understands it better than most. So he's going to tell us why the O9A is actually a threat and how this weird occult group has managed to infiltrate all of these neo-Nazi groups across the world. If you're in a position to support Popular Front and you want bonus episodes and more, go to patreon.com slash popularfront. I think the best way to start is probably just, maybe you can give us an overview of what actually is O9A, the Order of Nine Angles. What is it? So Order of Nine Angles is um, an occult order. Um, and one of the issues when discussing the group is... Um, actually finding independently independent kind of information about it particularly about its history because mm. most of what is written about it and is said about it and its origins and um how long it's been around and what it's been doing a lot of that comes from its own texts and its own writings so it's in that sense it's unreliable because it's trying to seeking to build its own own myth but but broadly speaking, it appears to have um, been founded in the 1970s in the UK. And it kind of references places like Shropshire as being um, its kind of home. It's where its original geographical home. Uh, and over that over the subsequent decades, um, it's, it's actually generated quite a large uh, body of, of uh, literature. Um, books, uh, journals, periodicals, uh, now many of which are, are posted online. Uh, uh, so although it's a, like an occult group, and a, you know, occult meaning kind of hidden knowledge and therefore something that isn't sort of accessible unless you're a member, actually a lot of um, what it says about itself and what it says about um, how you advance within it um, is sort of is out there. But what is sort of certainly hidden is actually how it then works uh, in practice and how people are involved with it, behave, what they do. And most of that is, is quite hidden. And particularly as um, really it is, it is encouraging, um, you know, often illegal activity because, um, you know, it's saying 
people need to engage in acts of evil, really. That's what it's saying. It's saying that um, proper, proper Satanism involves practical action, um, practical uh, undermining of um, what most what kind of um, Judeo-Christian values. Uh, and obviously some of that is, is, is illegal. So it is essentially advocating uh, criminality. It's advocating people, uh, the members should uh, infiltrate existing um, organisations, political groups, in order to um, turn those groups towards towards the ends of, of Order of Nine Angles. Right, and let's talk about uh, David Mayat, the guy that allegedly founded it. David Mayat, a.k.a. Anton Long. Like, this is a very interesting guy. He was a Nazi, he was a jihadist, now he's this occultist. Like, tell us about him. Well, David Mayat, yeah, as you say, he... Um it, it, it isn't allegedly because he he denies being uh, Anton Long. He denies um, being involved in Order of Nine Angles, although he ha- um, has been openly involved uh, in in the past in neo-Nazi uh, groups for many years with neo-Nazi groups, and then he spent a period as uh, a radical Islamist and even wrote a, a text uh, justifying suicide bombing. And now um, he, he's. He's quite, you know, he's um, he's getting on now because I think he was born around around 1950. Now he rejects, um, he says he rejects all extremism, and continues to write and publish online, um, and sort of admits being an extremist, but uh, and involved with the, the extreme right wing and is uh, Islamist groups, but then is Islamist politics, but then it still denies um, being. Uh, involved in Order of Nine Angles, but there's so there's been a bit of um, work done on him and and his alleged links to Order of Nine Angles by um, some uh, academics, by some some journalists, and and broadly speaking, that what that says is that he um, more or less founded Order of Nine Angles as we know it in ni- in the nineteen seventies, uh, and then was. The main um, writer generator of, of its literature, uh, certainly in the eighties uh, and into uh, the early nineties, uh, and that then there is some suggestion he then pulled away a bit, but obviously some people say he's never really he's never really left. But um, if you look at it, a lot of um, Order of Nine Angles uh, ideas and uh, books were promoting some of the similar ideas that, that he was promoting um, around, which re- broadly speaking has been termed um, sort of Nazi Satanist. And, so, and mm. there was a lot of um, ex- extreme right wing and um, Nazi uh, references in its texts. Uh, there has been a consistent um, references to Nazism coming up Really, even up until now, if you see some of um, uh, Order of Nine Angles um, things that are published online, there's blogs and other things by people who claim they're members. There's still references to National Socialism and other things, even even now, even as even as they'll reject the label, there'll still be references to it. 
Yeah, that's the thing. They get very nitpicky on like, no, we don't, you know, this isn't the label of, this is hilarious that they would call us this. But if you actually read it, it's like, well, that's exactly what you're advocating. Do you know what I mean? They want to cull people. They're clearly, it's not even really hidden very well the way they kind of constantly refer to, uh, you know, Judeo, Christianity, uh, culture. They want to destroy all of that. You know what I mean? It's 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 quite obvious, I think. I mean, there, are, there have been some explicit references to to the Nazis um, within their within their books and periodicals over the years, which have, have kind of lionised the Nazi era, um, you know their their um, their kind of theology is the wrong word, but if you like their uh, system of belief, you know is that there's different ages, different aeons, you know which um, have existed throughout history, different kind of historical ages. And that we're we're living in a particular age now, and that the Nazi era was almost like a, uh, an attempt, almost like a, an attempt to kind of drag civilization towards the kind of civilization that they want to move towards, because they want to move to a kind of a new yeah. a new civilization, a new type of person, and they would they say that um, Western civilization has. Um, is decaying has been sort of made soft by its uh, Judeo-Christian um, heritage, and that they're ultimately extremely anti-Christianity, anti-Judaism. They're setting themselves against that very, very strongly, just as um, a lot of um, very aggressive, if you like, satanic or occult groups do. That's their sort of the thing they're opposing, and they sort of Hitler and that era it's sort of seen as uh, an attempt to combat that. And it's almost like a satanic entry into into the world. And so it's, it is lionised. And um, we've seen more recently, and this is sort of really why I know a bit about it, because when I've been covering uh, terrorism cases in the UK involving people on the extreme right wing, in, involving neo-Nazis, um, Order of Nine Angles is increasingly coming up uh, as a reference and, a, and an influence on on these people um, to the extent that within the last just over a year, we've had four teenagers in the UK jailed for terrorism offences um, where Order of Nine Angles has come up a lot in the background to those cases. In one case, which was a, 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 six, a then 16-year-old from Durham, um, who was convicted of several offences, including a, a preparing a terrorist attack. It was essentially prosecuted as that he was a neo-Nazi, he was inspired by groups like Atomwaffen Division, but also that he basically became an, an occult neo-Nazi, is the way it was put in court, and that he was heavily influenced by Order of Nine Angles, and that he was buying their books, writing about them in his journal, and this was something that had completely taken hold of him. It's, and it's in it in other cases as well. So it's not just something that um, is sort of like a, a bit weird thing you're finding on the internet that you and I might be interested in. It's actually coming up, you know, in court cases and this is being prosecuted now. Yeah, that's that's the, the most important part. Like, so for me, I started researching Order of Nine Angles probably five years ago 
four years ago maybe um, because I was just fascinated always have been in the occult like what they call it like left hand path occultism like what is essentially like how the O9A are they actually believe in demons they actually believe in this it's not like edgy atheism it's it's they believe this is real right so O9A kept coming up and back then it, there was kind of a joke amongst the satanic or occult circles that called them the order of no members and certainly it was very hard to find people that were openly a member and then now, like you, like you said, it's popping up in terrorism cases. Like, how do you think in the last couple of years it's managed to really infiltrate the far right? I mean, it started with Adam Waffham, like you said, and now it seems to be growing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been there in the background to um, various neo-Nazi groups, particularly in the UK. And I mean, if you're talking about David Myatt, and he he created a, he's been involved in various groups in the UK over the years, British movement. Uh, Combat 18, he had his own group, uh, the National Socialist Movement, who one of the members of which was um, of David Copeland, who, who carried out the Brixton nail bombings just uh, over 20 years ago now. Um, so it's, it's sort of been there. And when it was the first, um, if you like, expose of um, David Myatt, which said that he was linked to Order of Nine Angles and that he was Anton Long, was by a Searchlight magazine, um, Again, it was over 20 years ago now, I think in 1998 or something like that. Um, and that was, the, so it's sort of been there for a long time. But I think with the internet, uh, certainly post 2000, a lot of their material has been posted online. And then where you've just got now certain platforms, I think you, we don't need to name them, but certain online platforms, messaging platforms, where people coalesce. This stuff is just pushed by certain people. Uh, these ideas and some of the imagery is pushed by certain people. And because it often is the most extreme, it sort of people end up veering towards it because if you like the logic of, of a lot of these guys is to kind of go towards the most extreme, the kind of the edgiest expression of what they believe. And often this this is the most extreme, this is the edgiest. So it ends up being quite prominent. I think so you get people who may not really be that involved in it who still reference it who kind of use it to kind of in when they're trying to promote their identity um so it's I think it can sometimes be a bit misleading about how many people are really involved because it sort of looks like there's like thousands of people it's probably actually not that many people it's, and and actually some of the people who are really into it probably aren't on these platforms but um, so it's slightly mis. I don't think we have a real idea about how many people are really involved. But I, I just I think that they certainly people involved in the group, uh, according to their own, their own boasts online, have, have sort of sought to move to a stage where they are promoting the group on on the internet and where this kind of material is available. And that, that's sort of unsurprising, really. It's just. Um, that is the way in which people communicate now and that is where people find things. So it's inevitable, really, they would they would seek to make it available there because previously in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, they published physical copies of their, their journal, which then people could get. And probably there were, you know, you're talking very, very small print runs of this, of this journal. Um, now, obviously, this stuff's available online and people will just promote it in that way. 
Yeah. Um, before we go into how how prominent they are within these new militant groups, specifically national action in the UK, um, maybe we can talk about Hostia, one of their, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like one of their manifestos slash Bible type books. I don't even know. But I, I think if we, maybe you can explain what Hostia is, because to understand that is to kind of understand what they believe in and want. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not, funny, I can't remember. I've read quite a lot, but I'm never quite sure which is in which book. Yeah, they've got a few, right? Yeah, they've got a few. Uh, there's quite a few books. There's a lot of editions of various journals where um, the ideas and beliefs have kind of come out. I mean, essentially, the. I mean, if you're looking for the sort of bit of about the belief system, so they they are a supernatural. Uh, you know, they have a supernatural belief system. It, it is it is different from some of the more um, recognisable kind of if you like satanist groups like the church of satan which as you said before is almost like edgy atheism it's about self-gratification it's about um they would see it as rationalism it's about kind of um self-advancement and um self-celebration of selfishness uh what they what order of nine angles would say is that they're not those people aren't real real satanists that kind of real Satanism is about, you know, practical acts. It's about real evil, uh, and it, it isn't about just showing off and having some, you know, big party where everyone's dressed in silly clothes. It's it's about actually getting your hands dirty, um, and they would then there's sort of various um, kind of uh, levels. Of, there's a hierarchy, if you like, within within the organisation that people are meant to kind of advance through. It's like a the sevenfold ways, the sort of seven levels, and people would sort of move through them, and actually, by their own account, very very few people reach the kind of the top level as like as immortal, you know. Um, so people would be encouraged to first of all study and read the texts, and you know this can be something that people do on their own. You know, there isn't necessarily a formal instructional process going on where someone's telling someone else. Then people. You know, or basically, at a certain point in in it, people are encouraged to actually create their own uh, uh, nexium. You know, what they call like a, a their own order, their own little group. And because people are basically being encouraged to um, influence others, manipulate others, uh, and sort of prove themselves in doing that. So that's why you often get these different kind of groups. Uh, affiliated sort of orders and nexions cropping up that some of them are a bit visible because they have like an online presence and you see them around the world some of them in the UK some of them in the US and this is almost really an an inevitable part of it because they're actually encouraging people to create their own um, groups as part of their progression people are also encouraged to um, uh, what they call engage in insight roles so people are encouraged to infiltrate um, often political organisations, religious organisations, to try and then uh, manipulate those uh, groups towards um, kind of the ends of uh, the order. So you've seen people um, becoming involved in political, like neo-Nazi groups. There's some evidence that um, certainly people in the UK have infiltrated non-mainstream Christian churches, which they've then um, boasted about doing to 
people they're close to. And really the kind of the idea underlying all this is that people are, they're trying to kind of um, act as a gateway into uh, this realm, like the, what we would see as the world, for kind of evil forces, for kind of um, to turn history towards where they want it to go to. That's sort of what they're doing. So they're trying to they're trying to disrupt and undermine what they see as um, a, 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 a deeply flawed uh, civilization. That's what they mm. want to do, and. Th- Obviously, they would then claim credit, probably, in their own heads for things that go wrong. But obviously, I think you and I can probably just understand that, you know, these people really aren't as influential as they like to imagine. I think that the threat that they they pose is that they influence um, often quite impressionable people who then engage in, potentially engage in, in violent activity, or, um, mm. or sexual violence. I mean, there is. I mean, I suppose one of the things is that if people are encouraged to engage in in criminality or acts of harm that, that, to undermine society, that could be totally random. You know, there may be crimes that have been committed by people who are um, involved with this group that will never really be obviously linked to this group, or they'll, on the face of it, be no motive. Because obviously, at the most sensational end, this group. Uh, some of their texts encourage people to um, engage in human sacrifice, and and then you know whether or not that actually happens or not. This is the sort of thing that it's saying in in the text. They even use the German word right. They call them offers, like offerings or something. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and um, and they, you know, there's they've got their there's texts which set out um, rituals. You know, there's this uh, book called the Black Book of Satan, which sets out rituals. Um, Often, like um, like black mass, which is an inversion of of the, of the Christian mass, and these sort of rituals are often, you know, very kind of clearly sexually charged, which is the same as a black mass. It's meant to be um, pushing against kind of the kind of the Christian rituals, um, and within that, yes, there are um, descriptions of um, human sacrifice and so on. Um, whether or not that's real or not that's what they say in the text so it's pretty un- it's pretty unpleasant and i think when when people see all this and they hear all this i think obviously the first probably the reaction of a lot of people is to think oh this is all just ridiculous uh, and it's just a, a lot of nonsense um, and that we shouldn't take it seriously but i think that unfortunately once it's starting to uh, seep into uh, terrorism cases and it's clearly influencing um, some quite dangerous people then I think it should be a concern. I don't think we should overstate their importance. You know, that they are still a small group. Um, there are a few of these people who are quite open in some ways uh, online. They um, publish blogs. They publish uh, sometimes pictures about what they're up to. They don't reveal who they are, but they're kind of promoting themselves. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just think it... Um, I wouldn't have really taken it that seriously, you know, probably three or four years ago, but I've sort of tended to take it more seriously since then. 
I, I definitely agree. It's like, on the face of it, it's like, mate, like, this is mad. Like, there's no way, you know, like the satanic panic in the 80s or the 70s, whatever it were, like 90% of that was, was just nonsense. But when you look at this now, you know, one of the compuls- compulsory reading of um, the Atomwaffen Division, you know, militant US neo-Nazi group, one of the books that you had to read to be a part of them was an O9A affiliated book. And they have killed up to five people, maybe more. Now, we don't know if one of those neo-Nazi terror attacks had the feeling of this kid is thinking like, yeah, um, this is an op for as well of 09A. I mean, we just don't know. And y- you know what I mean? It could go it could go like that without anybody quite... Like, look, the, the police don't really understand it. So you're saying we're starting to see it in terror cases now. But the 09A stuff has been within Atomwaff and, you know, world for years. Yeah, I think with when it's appearing in terrorism cases in the UK, I think it, it is a, it's clearly like a very novel thing to be appearing. And I mean, mm. if you like extreme right wing terrorism, and you know, has actually only been a, a major concern for like police over and certainly MI five in the UK in the last uh, four years, uh, really since. Um, the murder of Joe Cox and then yeah. the banning of national actions of terrorist group. And since then, there's been a whole load of um, terrorism cases, not just to do with national action. And it's only more recently that this uh, Order of Nine Angles stuff has, has appeared. And some of that was linked to Solenkrieg Division, which was uh, uh, essentially a European version of Atomwaffen Division which um, mm. has now also been recently banned as a terrorist organisation. And it's within that group, there was a lot of referencing of Order of Nine Angles going on. Uh, and a lot of propaganda was being produced, very, very nasty stuff, encouraging rape of young, young of babies, um, murder of women, sexual violence. Um, not, you know, quite different from, if you like, ordinary extreme right-wing propaganda, really encouraging anything that undermines society, anything that kind of coarsens society. That's what they were encouraging. And within three people who are connected to that group have been um, have been jailed for terrorism offences, all of them teenagers, all of them of Polish heritage, actually. Um, and then this other boy, the Durham boy, um, was um, within those circles online, but wasn't a member of Sonic Creek Division. Right, yeah, let's definitely get into that. Before we do, I wanna I've just realised I've got I've got host here here, I was looking for it for research. So so for people to understand and firstly I wanna say like the thing with Order of Nine Angles is you like if you anyone listening, if you look at how much writing there is that they have done themselves like it's insane there is like stacks and stacks and stacks of writing that they've all done themselves this is not like a little little miniature effort by some online guy this is like a serious movement they have like tapes where they're releasing various chants they've got instructions on rituals it's all bizarre but so so what they have is what they call the sinister way i guess would you say daniel is like their ideology right sinister like, tradition yeah and it, it says here so the essence of genuine Satanism can be simply stated it is a way to inner develop 
development, the goal of which is a new individual. This way involves three essential stages and these exemplify the spirit of that way and the individuals who follow it. Now, if we look at, there's all this madness like the neophyte, things you have to do, you have to study uh, esoteric tradition, you have to read the black book, Naos, Azoth, Fenrir, which is their weird uh, like magazine. But then there's this bit where it says, like this is what interests me, you were just on about, where it says about the roles. And it's here. So during some of these roles, the novice should try and keep their satanic views and beliefs secret and become, in fact, a shape changer, a chameleon. And then the roles, it says, like, if you want to get into O9A, these are things you have to do. So it says either by foot or by bicycle or by, or by accepting lifts, you must travel alone around the world, taking between six months or one year or more. Um, there's other things. It says become a professional burglar, targeting only victims who have revealed, revealed themselves to be suitable. Um, steal their jewellery, all of that. Become a police officer, it even says, like to experience the sharp end of higher authority. All roles must last six months, blah, blah. So my point is, this is not like some easy thing where you just write away or you email someone and you go, hey, I'm on a now. Like they genuinely see it as like a lifetime thing, right? Like constantly moving on to the next stage to become an adept or an initiate or, you know, all of their weird little uh, sevenfold sinister way guidelines. Yes, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely large volume of writing and that is a complete cult. I mean, it is encouraging yeah. a complete worldview that, that would completely dominate your life. It isn't just um, saying, well, you know, you come along on, on a Sunday morning and, and then the rest of the week, don't worry about it. it it's basically encouraging people to be completely um, committed to this in every single thing they do. Uh, and obviously not many people, some people will reference this stuff online and they, they'll, because it's edgy, but they won't really be uh, doing it. Other people actually really do actually live this stuff. Um, and there's been certainly people in the UK who, you know, we're aware of that, that are properly committed to this and um, do uh, infiltrate um, organisations, infiltrate churches. Um, and actually that is what they're doing. They are not just um, in these groups because they're really interested, they're in it because they're following, following these instructions. There's other stuff about people should go off and spend weeks in the wild living on their own. Yeah. Um, I don't, in the end, because this is a, an occult group, we're not really sure how many people really follow through and do this stuff. But that is what it, that is what it is encouraging. That's what it's setting out. Yeah, and it's very similar to esoteric Hitlerism in that it's seen as like this political or whatever, it's a religion. And I want to talk about how it first got into national action, specifically Ryan Fleming. Now, this is very strange. So uh, most people won't know, but Ryan Fleming was a member of national action, the banned uh, neo-Nazi terror group here in the UK. I spoke to Ryan Fleming about six years ago because I was um, investigating the Order of Nine Angles. Now, I didn't know he was in national action. I don't think he was then. Um, and I managed to email him and was like, hey, I've, I, I managed to find out who he really was just through various like kind of open source research because I found his blog where he was posting up pictures of very weird rituals he was doing in the forest in Yorkshire where he was like cutting his hand, bleeding all over some weird talisman, you know, and he allegedly had all these other groups. He'd wrote this whole crazy book about being a vampire or like just madness. So I got in contact with this guy, Ryan Fleming, and he was like, yeah, come up north, like, we'll meet and I'll, I'll give you an interview sort of thing. And it never happened in the end. I kind of went off the idea. Next thing I see, this guy is a member of National Action, like a year or so later. 
And he eventually got arrested for basically being a pedo, right? Like, I mean, tell us, Daniel, like, how did all this eventually, you know, we have you and me have both been doing this research together and we've seen it prop up in even national action, right? Yeah, no, Ryan Fleming was um, into this stuff before he was involved in national action. He, he was, um, yeah, I don't exactly know when he first got into it, but certainly he was, he's written books under a pseudonym. I mean, he's quite open about this, to be honest with you. So it's not, it's not even allegedly. He, he, mm. He's kind of been fairly open online about it. He's, I think he, he, was, he was in prison more recently. Um, but he, he published books um, that were published by uh, a publishing house to do with uh, the Temple of Blood, which is a group in the US, um, clearly linked to all of Nine Angles, you know, maybe a Nexion of Order of Nine Angles that is run by... Um, a, a couple who live in um, South Carolina uh, and they have one of them, the, the man uh, Caleb Sutter has been um, involved in, in neo-Nazi groups in the US um, before white supremacist groups. Yeah and he's, he's a member of Atomwaffen as well now. Yeah there's been some some um, stuff about that recently in the press and mm. certainly there's pictures of him with Atomwaffen members as well uh, and They've referenced Temple of Blood as well, quite a lot of people to do with Atom Orphan. Um, and Ryan Fleming published um, uh, books uh, un- under their um, publishing house. And these are sort of um, vampiric books. They kind of encourage uh, you to be a, a vampire. That sounds ridiculous. But it, it, but it, is, it is actually quite nasty stuff, to be honest with you. And, um, and Ryan Fleming had uh, a, a kind of a, a group, a nexion of his own in Yorkshire, I don't know how many people were in it, but certainly there was there is some evidence there were some other people involved. Yeah. Um, and then you can see this from uh, the Iron March uh, leak last year. You see where he first makes contact with people in National Action because he, he joins Iron March and then he approaches um, people involved in National Action on there and then arranges to meet, uh, meet them, meets them in, I think, in Yorkshire. And then becomes quite heavily involved in the group to the point that he's believed to have become the regional organiser for for the northeast of England at a certain point. He certainly spoke at one of their uh, rallies, um, I think in Newcastle. He appeared publicly at, at some of their demonstrations. This is before they were banned, I should say. This is in... Um, they were banned in December 2016, so this was before then. Uh, and... Fleming actually, I'm not sure how many people knew this in National Action, but he had, he had already been convicted of uh, sexual offence against uh, a young boy, like a um, an underage boy. He had um, really attacked this boy, um, with, uh-huh. uh, and it was a really, really vicious um, assault. Uh, and then later, um, this is when he's becoming involved in this is when he's involved in neo-Nazi groups he's, he's then charged with um, sexual offences against uh, a young girl who uh, who was underage and he'd um, groomed this girl uh, online and then um, you know abused her sexually abused her um, and when this um, became known I think some people in National Action were a bit bothered by that because it didn't look very good but other people were perfectly relaxed about it because you know they are there's a lot of very sick people involved in national action and people who are frankly pretty relaxed about um, about um, that kind of behaviour um, and he was then jailed um, for for three years uh, 
for for that for that for those offences because I think he was on license at the time he was in charge with using the girl, and then he did come out of prison uh, on license at the halfway point, but then and he was posting away online um, immediately posting again about order of nine angles and um, other such things, and then I, he was then whatever for whatever reason he was returned to prison because he must have breached his, his license condition. Yeah, this is a guy that was deeply involved, like, seems to be, like, as far as I'm aware, it seems like he's a lifelong guy that believes in it, and he actually did what they said, right? He infiltrated an extremist group. Now, I'm sure he has far-right leanings anyway because he's involved with Order of Nine Angles, but he actually did one of their insight roles effectively, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of an insight role... Um, would be consistent with what what he did with national action. I mean, I think um, he may have had other insight roles in other organisations, but um, I think one of the because Order of Nine Angles is um, you know there is this long history of um, national socialism, Nazism being promoted by Order of Nine Angles. When someone who's within that within Order of Nine Angles then joins a neo-Nazi group. It's not entirely clear that that is really an insight role because um, you know it's not like it's exactly going against their nature or against what they True. they believe in. I mean, there there were some other people in at least one other person in National Action who was also quite quite openly referencing Order of Nine Angles, um, and then with um, the later iterations post National Action being banned, so System Resistance Network, which is now also banned as a a terrorist as an alias of national action so that sort of split um in 2018 partly because some people were very into uh, satanism and atom orphan division and this kind of side of it and other people weren't so the people that were went off and created Solomon Creek division um and others stayed behind with system resistance network and now obviously both of those groups are, are also banned as as terrorist groups and for those like outside the UK, I mean, banning organisations as terrorist groups isn't like a you know an everyday thing. It's actually quite an unusual thing. When National yeah. Action was banned here in December 2016, it was the first um, neo-Nazi uh, organisation added to that to that long list of, of prescribed terrorist organisations, which includes you know groups that we all know about like Al Qaeda, ISIS. IRA, also lots of um, perhaps more obscure groups from around the world, but it was the it was the first neo-Nazi group on that list and the first banned extreme right-wing group since the war, and then subsequently you know you've had aliases of national action banned, and then Solomon Creed Division was only banned uh, just over a month ago, um, on its own, like not just as an alias of national action, but on its own. And I think a lot of people would think, well, why is that even banned? Because it's been so heavily disrupted. You know, it's, most of its members are either in prison or, uh, you know, are being prosecuted. Uh, it, it really amounts to the fact that that group uh, and its propaganda has been found to be concerned in terrorism. Its propaganda was found to be terrorist propaganda. And it was almost like a, an inevitable thing that was then considered, should this group be banned as a terrorist group? And it, and it just and it, it met that met that standard so it was banned yeah and they, they were like posting propaganda where they were basically advocating that prince harry be murdered and stuff like that and i think that was very touchy for british you know what i mean the, the establishment especially 
Yeah, I think that was the one everyone remembers. I mean, there was quite a lot of um, other propaganda, which was um, some of which wasn't really broadcast or or, or quoted from at length because it was it was almost um, too much. But it was stuff where, where babies and others, you know, it was encouraging the rape and murder of young babies. Um, it was yeah. re- really sort of nasty stuff. Well, let's talk about that stuff because, like, there's a similar, like, one of the unifying threads with all these fucked up groups is the abuse of minors, which is fucking dark, but it needs to be spoken about. So Ryan Fleming was abusing uh, underage. I mean, he wasn't touching toddlers or whatever, but we're talking, like, fucking, what, 14-year-old girl, like, he forced himself on a boy, like, it's just disgusting. So... He was doing all that kind of pedo stuff, which within O9A circles, there is some arguments between them, like, are we okay with pedophilia? Now, some of them are like, no, we're not. And then others are like, yeah, of course, that's fine, because it's a degradation of, you know, Judeo-Christian society. And we also saw it with Sonnenkrieg, right? Yeah, in Sonnenkrieg, it was pretty open. There wasn't even really a debate about it. They were all um, fine with that. There was no no arguments about whether... Um, there should be an age of consent or anything like that. Within National Action, there were some discussions around, you know, is the age of consent okay? And some people would say, that oh, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter at all. Other people would, would realise, would think, well, that doesn't look very good for us, so they'd be against it. Um, within Solid Creek Division, it was a complete, um, completely amoral organisation, and it was about um, promoting anything that's... Um, coarsening or undermining of society so um, sexual abuse of minors murder of babies was all was all encouraged and what they'll sort of say oh it's all a joke it's just us being edgy but it but it isn't you know if you go around uh, writing about that encouraging that sort of behavior um, you know <laughs> it's just not okay is it I mean you know you're basically encouraging um, the, the rape of children I mean that it's not um, okay on any level but I, I think with, with Order of Nine Angles, it is explicitly um, anti-ethics. You know, it's not, yeah. it, it isn't about, uh, you know, when if some other Satanist groups not not like Order of Nine Angles would um, perhaps be more associated with um, certain types of um, politics on, on the left or, you know, um, certain green groups or other things where they'd be promoting a certain ethical certain ethical ideas at some level. Order of Nine Angles isn't about promoting any ethical ideas on any level. It's about undermining ethics at all levels. It's about... Um, so the idea that they're going to come in at a certain point and say, yeah, well, we should respect the age of consent, I just, it's not really consistent with their with their worldview. Um, and, and, you know, that actually you kind of have to look at what people who are promoting the group are doing and this is this is coming up a lot, you know. This um, this theme of um, sexual abuse of, of minors it, it comes up a lot in relation to people who either are clearly involved with the group or are referencing the group and are influenced by the group. And actually, the the the, um, the teenager from Durham who was convicted of um, pre- preparing a terrorist attack and who was uh, heavily influenced by Order of Nine Angles, uh, an earlier stage in in the case, you know, one of the one of the particulars of his preparing to carry out an attack so that, you know, when they charge that offence, they then sort of say what the person has done in order to prepare for an attack. And in this case, you know, it was um, tried to obtain a, a certain chemical, um, sort of red, um, 
certain um, texts that set out how to uh, carry out an attack. And one of them, at an early stage, and this was sort of not allowed into the trial, but it was that actually engaged in sexual touching of, of, of a minor as a, as a desensitisation technique. So essentially... The, yeah, so essentially the, they were going to get... And the judge ultimately ruled that this was um, not not relevant uh, to the charge. So it was it was not proceeded with at trial. But essentially the allegation was um, that, you know, um, someone is trying to desensitise themselves to um, to kind of what they're doing and by doing and they're, what they're planning to do. Uh, and that as part of that is engaging in sexual abuse. And that, that was a theme in that case, is that, some, that this boy was um, actively seeking to kind of alter himself in line with the text that he was reading and he was accessing. You know, he was trying to, uh, de- as he put it, dehumanise himself. And that, and that is quite troubling because it's someone who is really taking quite literally what groups like Order of Nine Angles, Order of Nine Angles are saying which is that um, this sort of system of morals and beliefs that, you know, that society kind of encourages. I know that's a broad statement, but that, that, that this is wrong and that this is sort of um, Judeo-Christian, Magian, you know, their term soul, and that this, um, this needs to be kind of stripped out and you need to kind of get away from this and you need to kind of almost actively uh, overcome it. You know, you, this is sort of this idea of um, self-overcoming, which is... Um, a big part of order of nine angles and self overcoming is also about overcoming the kind of um uh, norms that you've been probably brought up to believe in or certainly that society and its and its laws and its institutions encourage you to believe in yeah i think what you just said about uh how he was like trying to alter himself that is exactly the nail on the head in terms of what they want their recruits to do because from what i've understood from the writings it's saying you know, to put it in, I guess, more understandable terms, it's basically saying do awful stuff to then become okay with it, to then feel like you're above everyone. Because normal people, you like the idea of like, yeah, cut someone's head off, like, oh my God, that's horrific. But then it's like, if you became okay with that, then you're ascending. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're above the norms. You're you're above, you're a better person. You're more powerful because you're not bothered by stuff like that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And in this case, obviously he was... Um seeking to desensitise himself because to carry out a terrorist attack, um, mm. but, you know, to carry, carry out um, acts of violence. And what was his plan? Do you know what the, the details of the attack were? When they charge that offence, like preparing acts of terrorism, it can cover um, people who are sort of a, a very advanced stage of attack planning, you know, with a clear target, almost, you know, at the, at the point of carrying it out or, you know, um, at the location where they're about to carry it out, to a much earlier stage of, of planning. And re- relatively speaking, this th- this case was at an earlier stage. So um, although he'd written out um, a list of possible targets in Durham, where he where he came from, and he'd written like a, a what he called a guerrilla warfare manual, where he listed possible targets, um, there wasn't a kind of a clear identified target um, that he he was kind of accused of of planning to attack, uh, and there wasn't um, also they weren't saying there was a clear. Um, decided on method of how he would carry out an attack. He downloaded a lot of um, manuals, you know, like um, gun manuals, bomb-making manuals, was trying to obtain a, a chemical that has previously been used in in terrorist bombings. So basically, you know, the, the case was that he was um, at the early stages of preparing some kind of attack. But, you know, the sort of the 
when people are charged with um, being at either a developed stage or an early stage, the fact that people are at different stages then reflected in the sentence. So obviously he got um, he got a lesser sentence than someone would get, you know, was kind of at the gates of, you know, Downing Street with a bomb, so to speak. Sure. And how old was he? Well, he was 16 when he was convicted um, uh, and then 17 on sentence. But he was actually on conviction. He was the youngest person in the, who has ever been convicted of, of planning a terrorist attack, you know, on UK soil. So, you know, it's a, in that sense, very disturbing. We've had other um, teenagers convicted of, of planning attacks, but they've um, they've been older. There was a, 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 a younger boy who was convicted a few, an Islamist, um, convicted a few years ago of like inciting an attack overseas, and he was younger, but that wasn't like a, a, his own terrorist plot on UK soil. So this was sort of the youngest person, right? So this lad's sixteen. He's heavily linked with ONA, or at least he's reading their literature. He's planning an attack. Like to me, it sounds a lot like uh, Sonnenkrieg. And I know we mentioned it earlier, but uh, I forgot to mention like when we were, you know, I've seen it. We were looking through various stuff, like research into their their servers and whatever. Now they were. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I remember, they were basically encouraging young girls to cut themselves with a razor and then take photos of themselves self-harming. And then they were sending it to the members of Sonnenkrieg and they were all sharing it like, ha, 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 look what we got these young women to do. And some of them were certainly underage. Yeah, they were doing that and they were um, they were absolutely celebrating that and glorying in doing that. And, you know, that it, what those um, people involved in Sonnenkrieg would you know the ones that convicted were doing. You know, is it, is you know they were trying to be as cruel as possible. You know, that's what they that's what they were reveling in. You know, there's no nothing they said or did at any stage. No, none of them would say, "Well, hang on, that's going a bit far." You know, everything they did was celebrated. And you know, when they would, you know, not just do stuff, getting other people to do stuff, but when they produce. You know, a new bit of propaganda or a new document which is encouraging rape of babies or whatever. No one would say, "Well, hang on, do you think that's that's going a bit far?" It was always celebrated and everyone con- congratulated everyone else. It's uh-huh. um, and that you know, it's 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 really dangerous because when you get um, groups like that, it doesn't have to be a big group. When people are encouraging one another to like that, it's it's really dangerous and not just in a terrorist, not in just in a terrorist sense, but um. You know, you, you've incre- you have seen increasingly people who are uh, involved or sort of um, keen on sort of sexual offending or sexual violence, um, sexual offending against children, being involved in these groups. And because it's not, it's not taboo within the certain circles, it's not hidden. And it's kind of, if anything, they then sort of feel quite justified in doing it. And I think there is, you know, there is a thought about, it's like a um, chicken and the egg. Is it, is it that some of these groups are attracting people already with these tendencies or these kind of deviances, or is it actually generating it within them? And I don't know the answer to that, but it may be that some people um, already are into this behaviour and then are, are kind of drawn to some of these um, groups and ideas because it kind of almost gives them licence. Yeah, definitely. It's It's like bizarre how many of these people congregate together it's like sometimes i think people have these feelings or whatever and then they find a group just to tell them oh it's okay almost but in the worst way possible not like it's okay you can get help like it's okay this is good we should revel in this 
Um, certainly looking at the, the child abuse, if you look at... So Sonnenkrieg Division was essentially the UK or European wing of the Atomwaffen Division, the militant neo-Nazi group. Now, Atomwaffen Division didn't start as... 09A as such there wasn't really anything to do with that but then when rape uh, John Cameron Denton is his real name the, the now you know kind of leader of Atom Off and he's been arrested when he took over he brought in all the 09A stuff and now we found out that I mean we knew this but we've also the police now are charging him with sharing um, abuses, sexual abuse images of children. So again, another one linked to the kind of disgusting paedophile stuff. Um, but what, what I want to say is, so I want to talk about uh, Temple of Blood. I know you touched on it earlier, but like Denton was heavily linked with them lot and certainly Temple of Blood. I, I knew about them years before Atom Waffin even existed and their Beast Barracks website and all of that. Like they've been heavily involved in all of this. Um, you know, maybe you can go into a little bit about who they are and, and what they are about. So yeah, they've been around for 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 a few years, and they're not as visible online at the moment. Partly because I think um, mm. certain platforms removed their their pages, like Facebook removed um, their pages last year. Uh, and they, the couple that um, who are kind of, if you like, the visible face of that of that group, Caleb Sutter and, and Gillian Hoy, from um, from the United States, from from South Carolina, and of. This has been documented by by other journalists um, that they, I think, including a journalist called Nate Thayer, they were mm. previously involved uh, in other sort of extreme right wing groups. Uh, then were promoting kind of North Korea. Uh, then uh, Gillian Hoy was certainly um, kind of pr- apparently on the face of it involved um, with kind of you know Harry Krishna and sort of promoting some sort of form of that that she was kind of openly promoting on, online and then more recently they um developed this group temple of blood which appears to be uh, a nixian of order of nine angles um a, kind of a, a group based on order of nine angles and that um generated quite a lot of uh, literature a kind of a, a journal um novels including a novel called iron gates which is became a bit of a catchphrase for Atomorph and Division others when they say Iron Gate now. Mm. And Iron, Iron Gate is a, uh, like a, if you like, a fantasy is possibly the wrong word, but it sets out um, a post-collapse society where um, there's all sorts of rapes and murders happening. Yeah, like a cult militias basically rule. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you read that, and it's not very well written, frankly, but it, if you read that and you wouldn't think, well, you wouldn't really want that. But they would say, we want that, you know, Iron Gates now. To give people an idea, it starts with a baby being sacrificed with a needle, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it start, I mean, it, and then there's a sequel uh, to it as well. And the, the author isn't, there isn't actually a name for the person who's written it, so I'm not, it's not entirely clear who actually wrote it. And I wouldn't encourage people to buy this stuff. It's, 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 it's badly written and it's horrible. But, you know, this did sort of ended up being referenced quite a lot, um, by people in on the extreme right wing, uh, and then on their on the page of linked to this group, they were encouraged, you know, sort of glorifying and lionising serial killers. So, um, like uh, Night Stalker, they were sort of turning up at locations where serial killers had murdered women, turning up at um, the loca- location in uh, California where. Um, that that serial killer, um, I can't, 
the one that often is um, talked about. There was a film about him by um, the guy that made Fight Club. Oh, uh, Zodiac. Exactly, exactly, Zodiac. So they're turning up at the location of one of his murders and sort of taking pictures dressed in a, um, a Temple of Blood uh, type uniform with the, um, uh, the the logo that they use, this 333 logo. So sort of really um, lionising rape and murder, you know, not really there's almost no political agenda there that is just encouraging um uh you know rape and murder that's what it's encouraging yeah and the reason like for, to, to get an idea of how little the political agenda is sure they're they're they believe in like fascists and like right-wing shit but they have there's a video they had where they're all dressed up uh balaclava like all this weird occult shit they've got a rifle and then there's an there's like a bust of Hitler and a bust of Stalin, and they're worshiping them both. And that might seem weird, like oh well, why would they be? Well, the idea is you know Stalin killed like millions of people, Hitler killed millions of people. That's good. That's basically it. Like that's a good thing. We like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. And then they there was some talk where they were saying that Syria, you know, the Syrian civil war and what's happened to Syria is kind of like kind of like a good you know that's kind of when we look at that that's that's great they're being positive about that um and then also that you know posing with um pictures of 9-11 attack behind them i mean i must emphasize these people wearing masks and stuff it's not always clear who's posing but really kind of seeking to uh bring into their aesthetic anything that's um terroristic anything that's cruel anything that involves destruction and they just try and bring it all in and mix it all in uh, and then because they do that and then they're so extreme, they end up being adopted by um, people on the on the very extreme right, very extreme neo-Nazis who are also just looking for the most extreme thing. So, it, and often there's quite a lot of blending that goes on, you know, ideologically. A lot of, a lot of people aren't necessarily particularly faithful or consistent in, in the kind of the ideology that they adopt or that they, um, that they kind of um, seek to kind of associate themselves with. They just kind of almost take the worst bit out of all of them. Um, and that's kind of dangerous, isn't it? Because, you know, when you've got people who are just large networks online and where a lot of people are accessing this content, it's very hard to know who is then going to actually act on it and is going to be very literally minded about this kind of stuff. Um, some people might just read it and not carry out, go on doing it. Other people will go out and do something. Yeah, certainly. I mean, in, in former Atom Often members I've spoken to, and even current ones, even when they were quite thriving, like some of them would, would secretly talk to me and stuff. And they would, like, a lot of the, the main problems with some of them was that rape uh, and Kimair, like two of the main leaders of Atom Often, were basically more order of nine angle types than they were actual Nazis you know I mean even Rape himself said he preferred Charles Manson to Hitler he thought man like Hitler was cool but Manson was the best you know what I mean like these people are very deep in it yeah no absolutely and um obviously I think a lot of it's ended up being um mixed with with Siege and uh, James Mason's Siege and, and Siege culture and a lot of this ends up being mixed together and because um Order of line angles. A lot of, I mean, a lot of their idea, ideology, and philosophy. A lot of it is really uh, also just picked from elsewhere. So it will be, um, you know, this kind of idea of different ages is is picked from one author. Um, another idea will pick from somewhere else. So a lot of it isn't very original. It's picking from various places, um, uh, and then 
actually, you know, they kind of their dating system. If you look at it, a lot of the um, dating system in some of Myatt's uh, works, very the ones that Myatt openly wrote, were kind of dating from the birth of Adolf Hitler, so the, the year of the Führer. You know how mm. we'd say AD and BC and AD. Mm. And actually the, the Order of Nine Angles dating system then actually is just from the same date, but they're from the year of Fayim, and Fayim is like celebration. So it's sort of date, it kind of begins the dating system from the year in which Adolf Hitler was born, um, which is kind of sort of quite open, quite makes kind yeah. of the neo-Nazi like, element quite explicit. Yeah, like Mayat says, like, oh, I'm not Anton Long, the leader, the guy that started the writing on Order of Nine Angles. But then this new thing, what Mayat's got going, I think he calls it the luminous way, it's all very, very similar in the way it's written. Yeah, there was some, I mean, this this has been documented by some academics who have said that um, Mayat was long, saying that, you know, the, um, the same publishing house, which was Mayat's publishing house, was used to publish books under his name and books um, under Order of Nine Angles imprint. So there's sort of various bits of evidence um, that, go, that go to him being long, and he has been mentioned by name in some um, Order of Nine Angles uh, journals over the years. So, you know, he still denies it, of course. Um, but the kind of the Nazism, I mean, there's there's one bit that I've got here where they say, uh, seen in, this is from one of their magazines. So they say, seen in esoteric terms, National Socialist Germany was a practical expression of satanic spirit, led by, meaning Hitler, who was able to utilise a causal energy and earth it to achieve political goals. National Socialist Germany was a burst of Luciferian light, of zest and power in an otherwise Nazarene, pacified and boring world. So again, this, they're sort of celebrating the Nazi year and they're seeing it as what they're really aiming to, to, um, to, to do themselves. They, they're, they're really trying to completely tear up society and move it towards this. I mean, ultimately they're aiming for this sort of new species, new person, and like almost like a, like a galactic empire. I mean, it's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. What do they call it? The Galactic Reich? Something like that, yeah. I mean, they're aiming, it's like, a, you know, sort of space travel and kind of adventures in space and kind of moving towards a new uh, new civilization with like a, like a, um, with Order of Nine Angles at, the, at the kind of the forefront. I mean, you know, this is sort of fancy stuff, but this is what they say. And what is what are they? Isn't that what the Noctulian is like? The final stage of the O nine A, or, or am I wrong? Well, yeah, the Noctulian is like um, I think that originally came from, by their own account, from uh, a particular order. So there's different groups, different orders that then came into Order of Nine Angles and became Order of Nine Angles as we know it. Um, and Noctulians were one of those. But um, yeah, Noctulian is almost like. Um, Kind of the, the people will call themselves Noctilians. You get, and some of the people who've been convicted of terrorism offences were sort of saying that, you know, they were Noctilians. They were kind of like a different type of person. Jesus, I mean, to be honest, all of the going back to the Temple of Blood stuff. Like I've probably I first found Temple of Blood probably six seven years ago, doing my research on 09A. Um, and they had that book, Lieber 333, and I, I read some of that, and that was very, you know, it's it's very clearly Order of Nine Angles USA vibe, you know what I mean? And they've taken a lot of it down now, but they were basically doing 
um, Order of Nine Angles training, if you like. Now, they had videos where they were waterboarding each other. They were they had videos where they're self-harming themselves. Sh they've got, like, shrines, and they shoot it up with an AK. Like, they have a whole compound. They had a thing called... Um, beast barracks where they're you know abusing each other for hours and hours on end to kind of become this new person and even a you know a military kind of like this weird music called gulag which was just the most hellish thing you've ever heard in your life and it was almost like they were training to become these kind of 09a militants now it's fascinating to then see how this guy ended up you know sutter and hoy these two ended up involved with atomoffen division because I do believe there's part of me that thinks them lot and, you know, and Denton wanted to kind of make Atomwolf and their militant wing, like an insight role almost into it. Even though Sutter and, and you know, Denton were already militant white nationalists themselves. I don't know. It's like they found the perfect platform. Yeah, I mean, I think there's um, there's a, certainly some suggestion that um, this moving through different extremist groups by people involved in, ultimately involved in Temple of Blood, is almost evidence of people engaging in various insight roles, taking, trying to um, uh, create different groups that are almost disruptive influences on society. And that, that would be consistent with this kind of moving between various extreme groups, you know, um, extreme left, extreme right, um, religious, and now, you know, this kind of weird kind of um, occult group, Temple of Blood, which is very kind of explicit. It is very disruptive in its own way, in the sense of it, it, um, it certainly uh, had an influence on some very extreme people, including, you know, in the UK. And I've, I mean, I've sat in courtrooms, you know, at the Old Bailey, where suddenly Lieber 333 by Temple of Blood is uh, gone into and spoken about, and there's an expert report on it, because it's sort of seen as this sort of kind of final frontier in extremism you know which is sort of celebrating murder and, and blood and and this is kind of being cited as mindset evidence uh, uh in relation to people who have pleaded guilty to terrorism offenses extreme right-wing terrorism offenses uh and it is quite startling you know because you're used to hearing um about certain uh, islamist texts or even certain neo-nazi texts as um, as kind of long-term influences that have been coming up for years in various terrorism cases. But to suddenly yeah. have, you know, Lieber 333 coming up, you know, is quite something. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, people need to really understand that because you might look at it and be like, oh, nine a like a bunch of flipping, bizarre, Satanist, demon-worshipping people from Yorkshire, whatever. Like, no, actually, this literature is popping up in um, terror cases from America to the UK. Like, it's actually a big deal. Um, and what you just said there, like the final frontier of extremism, like that's exactly it. Like I, I've really said this to people before, like the neo-Nazism now is not your granddad's Nazism. It is not we want to make a white, white land or whatever. It's we want to burn the earth and everything. Um, I just want to take this back to the UK before we end this. Um, let's talk about Richard Malt, uh, you know, the guy that has painted all these, I mean, they're kind of cool, like some of the paintings are actually pretty cool, like Order of Nine Angle artwork. Um, and he's involved in music and like, like who is Richard Malt? I mean, I've, I saw him as like Richard Myatt's secondhand man at one point, but I'm unsure. Like, what do you think? Uh, well, Richard Malt is a, a, like a composer, an artist um, from, from the UK. And, um, has sort of been involved in various um, groups, composing his own music, is drawing his own artwork, and has also been in, uh, played with various groups. 
Um, there was a piece, there was an article published, I think in 2018 now, in um, dot com, mm-hmm. which is like a, a an, an online uh, magazine, which looked into um, how, as they put it, Nazi Satanists infiltrated kind of the UK uh, music underground. And um, they said they identified uh, Richard Malt as... Um, as uh, being involved in Order of Nine Angles over many years, um, writing under a pseudonym, eff- effectively being very close to, to David Myatt. Um, and then they, you know, they said that he, at a certain point he kind of openly uh, broken with Order of Nine Angles, had, um, had joined uh, the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church, and then was sort of more openly involved with various groups and various groups were happy to have him uh, playing with them but then that he kind of secretly still remained involved uh, and this was this was their sort of um, investigation and they said that you know he'd stayed involved and then they put this to him they put this to some of those groups and then he um he said you know he, he didn't want to be involved in the group anymore uh, order of nine angles he kind of um rejected uh, i think he, he i think he admitted that he'd um He'd had an involvement in the past, but sort of denied having an involvement now. But certainly he, um, some of the artwork that you'll see, um, the tarot cards, uh, which is this quite sort of striking imagery that is often um, comes up in relation to Order of Nine Angles, um, it's said to have been by him. Uh, And these are, as you say, quite striking images. um, Anyone who's looked into this will, will know it. And there is some Nazi imagery, even within those tarot cards, to be honest with you. So, um, again, the Nazism is, again, within this artwork. There's something really telling for me as well in one of his um, paintings where, you know, like you said, he's very close to uh, David Meyer. Well, there's there's a painting that he did where there's one of the O9A symbols and it's kind of a crystal version of it. And then there's a guy that looks exactly like David Myatt sat right next to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is a, I think that is a picture of Myatt, to honestly. I think that's, a, yeah, um, I think that is a pretty clearly a, a drawing of Myatt, actually. Um, I'm not sure what it's said to be of, but it's quite clearly of him. I and mean, he's a very distinctive looking person and he has um he dresses in a particular way and he has been i mean he's his image is, he's published his image himself and he was doorstep by panorama more than 20 years ago in relation to uh, the bricks and nail bombings because um he uh he, he, the group he he created this nazi group he created was um as I, I think i said earlier david copeland was a member of that group so panorama doorstepped him and sort of challenged him on um, how he might have influenced uh, Copeland even indirectly, and uh, he, he he did stand there and aunt, he didn't really answer the questions, but he kind of again sort of said anything um, in, in anything to do with this is between me and God. That's what he said. Yeah, he's so fascinating. I definitely think anyone that has not heard about him should look him up. Like like you said, <clears throat> he was. Um, he was the he ran that Nazi group David Copeland who you know like you said nail bombs all these gay bars and then he was a jihadi and now he's like he, he's smart like if you look at his work he's like speaks all these weird Greek forgotten kind of languages and it like very interesting person very weird um, Daniel is there anything else you uh, you think we should talk about before we kind of bring this to an end 
Not really. Just to say, um, I think I'd sort of, some people sometimes say when you start talking about this group and other things, oh, well, you're kind of, all you're doing is um, highlighting them and people will then find them and look into them. And I kind of used to think that myself, that if you sort of mention them, you're sort of um, drawing people towards them who might not otherwise be aware of them. And certainly they sometimes uh, revel uh, in some of the coverage they get, uh, particularly in the tabloid press, uh, which sort of, you know, looks at kind of the sensational stuff about them. But I think that the reality is when they are now cropping up uh, so often in, in court cases, when they're being you know, mentioned in this sort of almost official way as a, as an, as a menace. We're, like, we had MPs within the last few weeks, some of them writing, asking for this group, for them to be prescribed as a terrorist group. They're kind of out there as a subject. And I think, you know, it's worth, it's worth just talking about it. But I think it's also just worth realising that these are, in the end, small groups. And, you know, although sometimes within these sort of online channels and stuff, it looks like they're like a big influence. Um, they are pretty small, really. And um, I think it's worth emphasising that. No, definitely. I agree 100%. I mean, they're small, but um, like I always say, it only takes one person to par- plant a bomb and, and cause a lot of damage. But I, 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 I agree with you. Like, I have that problem. It's like, oh, do you talk about this? Do you not? But at the end of the day, I think if you leave this stuff in the shadows where they are then they can kind of get away with more stuff. Like if it's happening, then it should be spoken about so that hopefully other people can look into it and maybe stop them. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And it, it hasn't, to be honest with you, it hasn't been the subject of a massive amount of um, journalistic investigation. It certainly hasn't been, apart from clearly some honourable exceptions, you know, like Quietus, mm. uh, others. But the, um, and, it, and it clearly hasn't been the subject of much like law enforcement like attention really it's only more recently because it's been cropping up in in these terrorism cases that people have you know started to have to look at it and then they've started to have to get like expert reports on some of the books and other things which just haven't really been looked at before so there's like a lack of institutional familiarity with some of these groups and some of this some of these ideologies um but i think that is changing you know it's clearly um now much more of a focus and uh, although th- th- some of the people involved with these groups might kind of revel in that when they see them themselves in one of the papers, they may not revel in it when it really kind of when there's really a lot of attention on them because I don't think it will be that helpful. Yeah, they won't revel on it when they're in jail. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When you have anyone like you've probably had this, if you do sort of research some of this and start to look into it, there's always this stuff that people say, "Oh, I wouldn't look into that." It gets a bit nasty very quickly for. For journalists, and then often there's threats made against journalists. But you kind of have to do your job, don't you? And you actually have to just look. If people are encouraging kind of violence against others, and there's sort of encouragement of um, of sexual violence and others, yeah, what, what are you going to do? You're not going to look into it. You have to look into this stuff. Absolutely. I mean, what if one of those fuckers targets your sister or someone like that? You know what I mean? You'd be thinking, I wish someone had looked into that. Do you know what I mean? So no, I agree 100%, man. Um, Daniel, where can people find you online if they want to follow your work? So I'm on on Twitter and uh, I'm at D D E S I M O N E and then followed by Daniel. So that's uh, Daniel DeSimone on uh, Twitter. Brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. That was brilliant. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. That was Daniel DeSimone speaking about the Order of Nine Angles, the far right occultist order 
uh, started in the UK and is now spreading all across the world. And like he said, yes, it's not a massive group, so don't get too worried or anything but their stuff is turning up in terror cases, both in the US and in the UK now when it comes to militant uh, neo-Nazis, so it's definitely worth keeping your eye on. Do follow Daniel, he's got very good work, he understands it all, it's cool. Um, like I said at the start, please do consider supporting the raffle. So if you go to popularfront.shop, you will see the mutual aid raffle. Uh, basically, we're trying to raise money for the homeless because in the midst of the coronavirus, very little is being done by the governments to actually look out for these people. And, you know, I think that's bullshit. Like, these people are just going to die in the streets. It's mad. So we're doing this raffle and we're donating 100% of the money we make to three homeless charities. That will be uh, the Big Issue Foundation, Crisis and Shelter. And basically, you can win a load of cool shit for just five quid. So if you enter the raffle, you get a ticket. Five pound is to enter the raffle. And at the end of this month or maybe the start of next month, we will pull a name out of a hat and whoever gets the name pulled out, you will win all of the stuff. There's loads of cool stuff, man. There's like uh, limited edition pink popular front flags. I don't even have one of them. So there's like cool stuff going. Various patches from all over the world. We've got a YPG patch from Syria. Um, signed symbol, the lad uh, from the, the drummer um, from Fallout Boy is uh, found a popular front and he said, look, you know, sign a symbol. You can put that in the raffle. Very cool. Um, Molly Crab Apple is seven, sending us a print of one of her artworks. There's loads of stuff, man. Um, loads and loads of stuff. If you go to popularfront.shop, you will see a list of all the stuff you can win in this raffle. There's so much. Posters from Propagandopolis, like all together, the, the haul is worth God knows how much. And also like a lot of the stuff that you will get with it is stuff that I've found or picked up along my way. Um, whilst, you know, covering war and conflict, you just, you just won't be able to buy that anywhere. So, you know, if, if even if you don't care about why we're doing this, it's there's still some cool stuff that you can win. So you might as well. Popularfront.shop is the first thing on there. The mutual aid raffle, go for that. Um, also, if you like what we're doing, please uh, support us at patreon.com slash popularfront. If you can afford it, for $5 a month, there is bonus episodes. For $10, there's narrated articles and access to the Discord, which is just a great community, like all misfits, weirdos from everywhere, all together chatting about this, that, and the other. It's cool. Um, loads of stuff there, patreon.com slash popularfront. And, you know, think of this as a subscription service. The more subscribers we get at the Patreon, the more you get, basically. You know what I mean? The more popular front there will be. Um, I know that there wasn't a episode for like two weeks. I had a problem with the mic. It's fucked. I had to order a new one. This is still the fucked mic, but I, I kind of fixed it a bit. Um, but anyway, sorry about that. You know, this month there will be many episodes. Um, this episode also was sponsored by the thedefensepost.com, defense with an S. Go there for regular updates on the world in conflict. Also, this episode is sponsored by Oracle Coffee Shop in Portland, Oregon, USA. They're an independent coffee shop selling only fair trade products. See them at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue 97239. You can't go and see them right now. Obviously, they're closed because of coronavirus. Um, but shout out to Oracle. They're supporting their staff. Um, they're definitely a good bunch. They're not fucking anybody over in all of this nightmarish uh, situation. The episode is also sponsored by Black Triangle, an independent company manufacturing their own low-key self-defense tools. Uh, check them out on Instagram at Black Triangle Group or their website to order their stuff is blktriangle.com. Tell them Popular Front sent you. They might give you a discount. 
They donated some of their uh, MK2 defense tools for the raffle, so you can win some of them. Um, thank you very much to them, lads. Um, yeah. So, uh, keep up to date with Popular Front on Twitter. My Twitter got banned. <laughs> I got fucking um, rushed down by uh, like this organized fucking reporting attack by fucking fascists in America. The same guys that are crying about free speech are, you know, trying to shut uh, Twitter accounts down of journalists they don't like. But it's back up now. So yeah, follow me uh, at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. Thanks very much to everyone who made a noise about that because, you know, Twitter's a fucking pain in the ass, but it is actually very useful at the same time. And for my work, I definitely need it. So glad I got that back up. Uh, Popular Front Twitter is at Popular Front CO. Same as the website. The website is popularfront.co. Now, if someone asks, like, what is Popular Front? Honestly, send them to the website. Or I know, I know, like, it's like old almost now. Oh, people don't use websites. I fucking do. Like, I think they're useful. And it's it's a landing page. You know what I mean? You can get to the Twitter, the Instagram, everything from popularfront.co. And the Instagram, speaking of that, is uh, at popular.front. Um, we haven't been banned from there for ages. So whoever Instagram put something in place to stop that happening, which was happening like once a week at one point, uh, thanks very much. Um, thank you very much to the following people on Patreon. Without you, this would not be possible at all. These people are Adam Bergsnyder, Amy Rupert, Andrew Hurley, Axel Iverson, Azad, Bill Wilson, Brian McLaughlin, Trey Nance, Chad Walker, Charlie, Chris, Christina Rivetti, Christopher Martin, DR, Dan Dunham, Daniel Shearer, Diana Gorvanek, Emiliano, Emily Molly, Fletcher Tate, Frank Austin, Greg H, James from the Discord, Janet Basurto, Joanne Stocker, Ari, Jungle King, Virapan, Josh, K. Hardy Roberts, Lawrence Abrahams, Liam Williams, Michael Brachetti, Mortiz Zombwal, I think that's how you pronounce it, mate. Apologies if it isn't. Moody Al Rashid. Olin Thorne, Patrick Bronte, Peter McCormack from What Bitcoin Did, Cubal, Rubicon, Ryan Sandercock, Scartoon Music, Sebastian from the Discord, Surushe Hawazi, Stephen Davila, Tony Bin, and Vida Provost. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the uh, continued support, especially in these uh, you know times of coronavirus. And some people have had to cancel the subscription, and I'm seeing people say, like, I'm really sorry, Jake. You know, coronavirus, I can't afford it, mate. Don't be sorry, I fucking get it, trust me. Uh, it's fine, I understand it. It's unfortunate, but I get it. You know, this is what's happening. So good luck to everybody, like, kind of struggling right now. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, music in this episode, the intro was by Home. And as always, the outro was by Sam Black, a.k.a. Son of Old. Uh, he's gone all mad and deleted all his social media. So the only place you can get him now is uh, samblackpf.com. Listen to his music there.